0: This episode of the Grub Street Podcast is brought to you by Texture. Texture has completely reimagined magazines, giving you the articles and stories you really want all in one place, plus interactive features, videos, and recommendations just for you. Texture is offering our listeners a free trial right now when you visit texture.com slash grubstreet. You'll gain immediate entry to all of the top magazines, including back issues and bonus content. So start binge reading for free right now when you visit texture.com slash grubstreet. The absolute
1: best restaurants in town? It's like a fool's errand, my friend.
0: Um. What was that? Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Platt has kind of a wandering eye. He's sort of in his own world, which means it must be time for us to record another episode Of the Grub Street podcast, we are today talking about a big topic—a big topic today on the Grub Street podcast. Topic close to everybody's heart: best restaurant, the best, best of the best, not just best of the year, the best,
1: the absolute best restaurants in New York right now. Right now, what, whatever? How do you want to play it? Yeah, however you want to play it, the the best. best. These are the absolute best restaurants in New York, except that really they're not. It's just my opinion. And really, it's not even my opinion. It's, sort of, it's my opinion at gunpoint. It's not even my it's opinion, opinion at gunpoint. At gunpoint. It's, not even, it's my opinion because, for some reason, people like lists these days. And so we critics are tasked with coming up with them. Ta- it's one of the things we have to do. So, yeah. I don't like it. Do you like it? You don't like lists? I don't like lists. I don't like making lists. I think it's a very helpful way
0: to convey information.
1: I think it's completely arbitrary, scattershot, and
0: a waste of time. So you don't think there is such a thing as a best restaurant?
1: Actually, in this day and age, I would would argue that in this day and age, with the wide choice of restaurants available to the daily consumer (laughs) with this... Uh, the sort of turmoil in the kitchen where people don't really, you know, there's one style of dining on the way out, one style of dining on the way in. I think it's really almost an impossible task. Now let me ask you this question. What would you rather eat for your last meal? A perfectly rendered cheeseburger or a piece of rich,
0: bloated Seared foie gras. What would it be? I don't know that I would want either of those to I be knew my last meal, I I'm knew you were to say that. I knew you say that,
1: but I'm going to make you pick one.
0: How about I... Oh, so, okay. Well, then, you know what? The foie gras seems a little unctuous for a last uh, that's meal. That's right. Me too. I'd take the burger. So, I'm taking so, the so, burger. Does that,
1: mean, does that mean the best restaurant In New York, is a burger joint? Well, Or is it some
0: fancy, Frenchy place serving foie gras and all the frippery that goes with it? I think what it means is that a burger is probably a better thing to eat than foie gras. So wouldn't that stand to reason that the best burger would be the best restaurant? Well, I think it would stand to reason that the best restaurant doesn't necessarily have to tread in fine dining tropes and... French cuisine and glorious rare seafood flown in from the Tokyo market that day on FedEx so my question to you as the critic is why are all of these best of lists always larded up with all of these fine dining institutions and super luxury restaurants like is that really what because if is you the don't best? if
1: you don't do it then you've got to choose from 5,000 burger joints. I mean, then you've got the, you've got a cavalcade of sort of I wouldn't call it mediocrity. I call you. I got a cavalcade of the
0: everyday. But you know, you go to these places. This is what you do. You know the good burger places I, I, from the bad I, burger I know, places. But it's, it's the good always, pizza places. It's a places. matter of
1: taste. It's just the whole best of stuff is bollocks. You know that it's top one hundred rest, and we're un- inundated. And you you also know this is that. Um, in the last, not even the last 10 years, the last five years, these top 100 lists, specifically the Pellegrini one, or whatever it is. Yeah, the Pellegrino. Top, Pellegrino, top 100 r- r- restaurants in the world list, has really sort of taken the, the, the you know, fine dining world by storm. It's a star chamber, right? It's a star chamber from a tiny little organization that nobody had ever heard of in London and they decided to make this list, and everybody went nuts over it because people love lists. Anyway, so now. This you is ha- the world's 50 best restaurants. Whatever. You're what, about. Whatever. Whatever I'm, clarif- whatever. I'm clarifying. Whatever, I'm clarifying Avril. Clarifying it's just a bunch of arbitrary hokum, is what it is. And so now you have these top 50 lists, and all these. Th- what happens is that because chefs are des- not chefs, restaurateurs, restaurants they're obviously interested in it because the consumers are interested in it, so they all tailor themselves to these lists. So they, hence they all start to look the same. There are all these places serving fifty course meals, and we have them here in New York that are just designed not for their local communities but for this sort of gas these gastronauts in their fur coats that jet from one place to the other. And you know what? It's tedious. It's tedious, tedious for you It's a list It's another list It's just all a bunch of tedium
0: If it's all tedium and useless Then why is there such an appetite for it? Why, why do readers respond so well to you it? You tell me, Mr. Internet you're the guy y- you writing tell the me. list. No, no.
1: no. I There's was no asked Mr. by Mr. Internet to write the There's list. There's no way Mr. Internet. You tell me, Mr. Internet. Mister Click, Click, click click,
0: peace, click, click, click. Always ranked the best restaurants in America. Yeah, we you were. last ranked the 101 best restaurants a in lo- New York a City. A long time ago, really, and I ain't doing it again. I think it was five or six. Well, you are. You're picking the five best. We're in the middle of it. You're in the midst of your hunt. Let the record show. Every day you come into the office. What's the best restaurant no, no, in New York? No. I'm not in the midst of a hunt.
1: Let, let the record show. I have five restaurants. Let the record show that... I've done it at really at gunpoint, <laughs> by you. Okay, not by me. No, no, by you and your.
0: I think brethren on the website. I think to clarify, someone said we should rank. We're in the middle of ranking a lot of things. The, the, the best of tell, New York let's project.
1: Let's tell everybody that we're doing a best of New York quote, quote unquote pop up on the blog. This is a pop up blog, which means we are tasked with doing the best of all sorts of different things.
0: Right. And we are not taking newness into account, which is the way most of these things do, and the way that the Best of New York issue yeah. each year Except tends Except if you read that
1: list, like your, your cocktail list or whatever lists, all the lists, there's a lot of newness on them. The winner of my cocktail list is eight years old. Eight years old. Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Eight years old. Wow. That's ancient. No, actually it's a very good
0: list. All <laughs> right, let's move on. This episode of the Grub Street Podcast is brought to you by Texture. Texture has completely reimagined magazines, giving you the articles and stories you really want all in one place, plus interactive features, videos, and recommendations just for you. The Texture app lets you tap into the world's most popular magazines anytime. You can breeze through hundreds of your favorite magazines, including back issues, and pick the articles that interest you most. Texture has made it easy to find articles you care about. When I use it, I don't just get to read, say, Bon Appetit or New York Magazine the Texture editorial team also recommends content for me every single day plus I can dive deeper with personalized collections sign up for Texture right now and gain insider access to all the content from the world's best publications here's even better news Texture is offering our listeners a free trial right now when you visit texture.com slash grubstreet. You'll gain immediate entry to all of the top magazines, including back issues and bonus video content. So start binge reading for free right now when you visit texture.com slash grubstreet. So
1: uh, let's talk about my my topic five restaurants in New York. I wanted to pick on this list, this quote-unquote list, this list that I'm doing at gunpoint. I wanted to really pick five restaurants that were really representative of the New York dining world, sort of a snapshot of where we are. Yeah. And also I wanted to choose restaurants that although they may have been around a while, they represent uh, trends.
0: Let's get it all out of the way right now. What is it the absolute best restaurant in New York
1: all right, so in this era when first of all, lists are silly, <laughs> second of all, as we, we've done a show on this actually we've done a podcast on this actually, uh, saying how the that, that new york city's grip this sort of new york city's iron grip on the on the dining world, uh, particularly in, in, in this country, has loosened a lot during the last ten years. now you have grapefruit everywhere and it's the, the sort of Thing for for uh, weary food types to say that oh New York I, I, the bet you you can go to Portland you can go to um, L A there are all these other places to go besides New York so in a in a little tip of my cap to that way of thinking uh, I've chosen a best New York City restaurant which is really not in New York City at all it's uh, a restaurant called. Blue Hill Stone Barns, which is actually... Not in New York City. This 20, 20, 20 28 miles outside of it's town. A 45-minute drive north. It's in Westchester. And the chef is named Dan Barber. Uh, about, about a decade ago, Barber and his brother uh, opened this restaurant on uh, a farm. It uh, used to be the old... Still, it still is actually. It's owned by the Rockefeller family. It was their old family farm. Uh, outside the town of Dobbs Ferry and their idea was to put together a uh, farm-to-table restaurant and that restaurant I, when it opened I gave it a very good review and in the last 10 years it's only gotten better. This is the
0: restaurant okay. in Tarrytown?
1: Yes. Blue Hill Stove And so, so what makes it better? The farm's gotten bigger the, they're producing more produce uh, 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 Barber's gotten more confident he's attracted more talent um, and Basically, the restaurant now, I mean, we live in the midst of this. I got. I get tired of saying it. You get tired of saying it. But we're in the midst of this sort of artisanal, farm-to-table, oat barnyard era. It's still going on. And if you want to experience that, you want to experience the height, the snobby height, because this is what we New Yorkers do better than anybody. We take trends and we raise them up to these fashionable snobby levels uh blue Hill Stone barns is really the place to do it it's the place to do it for a new yorker arguably it's the best place to do it in the entire country i would argue i don't know it's a, it's a good it's, a, it's actually a great restaurant i went there a couple weeks ago for the third or fourth time and you know it's a, the, it, the service is fabulous it's a beautiful dining room you obviously the experience because it's new york Sort of, and because it's farm to table, which is f- a, a, a word f- a, a freighted with all sorts of twee tropes these days, right? Your meal tips a bit into the in, into the into the the, the level the, the the realm of the twee quite quickly. Like you're presented with two kinds of butter, both delicious, but they tell you the names of the cows. Bluebell and Tulip or what, whatever the hell. You're given a little booklet which tells you the produce and the seasons and the things you read. It's actually very informative. And my daughter was like, this is awesome, Dad. I love this, Dad. This is fabulous, Dad. I was like, this is really twee. Although, I kept looking at it. Anyway, so you're educated while you eat and you're also entertained. And so Blue Hill Stone is, is part, is part theater. Uh, it's part... Education, because you lo- as a city slicker, you learn about all this stuff, um, and it's 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 also a, 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 n- a nourishing culinary event. So I, you know, if I had to choose one restaurant, like the best restaurant in New York, in this non-New York farm-to-table era, that would be it. Yeah. Any, any
0: comments? Talk to me about the fact that it's not in New York. Any, that your best restaurant in New York isn't in New York. It is what it is.
1: You know what I'm doing? I'm wondering. I'm preaching the truth here, my friend. I'm wondering. I'm preaching the truth.
0: So the best restaurant in New York, not in New York. Yep, that's it. And you don't seem to like it. What are you talking about? You think it's too snobby? No. You think it's too twee? I like it. I love it. It's great. I think it's
1: a, I think it's a it, it is a, if you're, if you're looking for a destination restaurant within the, within the general boundaries of the New York City food watershed, this is the one to go to, says Mr. Platt. Okay. 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 Number two. Number
0: two. Number two. Number two. (sighs) Is this one going to be in Connecticut?
1: (laughs) Now, my second restaurant on the non-New York City restaurant list (laughs) is one we're we're all familiar with. We're all familiar with. It's been on these lists thousands of times. It's quite an old restaurant. It's it's, it's what you would classify as a snobby French restaurant. You know, it's a, it, members of your generation may poo poo it. Uh, that restaurant is uh, La Bernadette. Now, La Bernadette, that's maybe, a very
0: French name. Maybe you can describe La Bernadette for for our, our readers. I think a lot of people know what it is. It's Eric Repair's four star seafood restaurant owned by Maggie Le Is that how you say her name? Yep. Midtown
1: restaurant. Been there since... Uh,
0: 86, I believe, it opened, Uh, or maybe uh, farther uh, along. But since the day it opened, it's had four stars from the Times. Three stars from Michelin. You always rank it among the top five restaurants in the city. Yep, It's got every... It has the highest food rating in Zagat. It's got every yep. kind of rating you can do. And they serve one thing, which is high-end seafood very, in uh, a very yeah. elegant French yeah. style.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what they do. And I would ra- I'd rank it number two um, partially because I do these kinds of lists at gunpoint every decade. And I'm not sure in the sure next decade it'll be around. So I think it's, a, like it's time f- for us to just doff our hat. This is like a, a, to Madame a lifetime achievement award. Well, it's just time to recognize re- a restaurant of this style. Because they don't make restaurants of this style anymore. Hasn't uh, it been recognized for I'm the do, I mean, I'm, gonna, I'm doing it again. I'm doing it again. All right? I'm doing It's the best. I mean, we didn't say the best new restaurant. This is the best restaurant. Okay? And the last... Actually, frankly, the last best restaurant list I did, La Verena was less high on, on the list than it is now. And I would I would put it over two because... Um, Unlike the kind of destination destination restaurants, which I have just described, I like Blue Hill, which is uh, I, I don't know where it's ranked on the, the silly top fifty list, but it's very high. Uh, Libertador remains a you, you really I would argue a uniquely New York City restaurant. It, it's a restaurant. where If you go at lunchtime, you will find you know bankers and ladies with. Uh, tall piles of blue hair on their heads and these regulars who have been there for a long time you will not find or if you th- if they're there you don't necessarily see them uh, the world's gastronauts from Shanghai and Beijing and Dubai uh, dressed in their finery it's a, it's a, it's a it's a real New York restaurant uh, Eric Repair the chef is. I think he, I think he furtively has opened restaurants we don 't know about in strange Caribbean ports, but he really has not they have succ- a
0: consultant. He, has
1: a consultant. he has not succumbed to the, the the sort of siren of empire building the way great chefs who come to New York not often do but always do. A repair is unique in that he's really focused his energies on this one restaurant, and when his energies wane, this restaurant will no longer be at the top of list like this and there's also the, the service, this sort of French style of service. You go to Le Bernardin, and the, the room is basically divided into four different restaurants, really. There's four different sections with their own runners, their own sommeliers, their own waiters. And the level of service is, 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 is it a, it's really at a level you don't see in this city. You don't even see that much in Paris anymore. And so I am just going to... And also, let's talk about the food. The food is, you know, the f- food's fabulous. So, like, I think... And we, we went there not long ago, and you said, and I agree with you, if I had all the money in the world, and I could be a regular at one restaurant in New York City, I come every month, or twice a month...
0: I, let I me just say, this.
1: you can qualify after i finish finished saying what you said, which is, this would be the restaurant.
0: And I, and I agree with you. So let me so qualify that's, so there th- So that's my number two choice. We were talking about... How that restaurant compared to other restaurants of that price point and caliber.
1: I don't think we were talking about that.
0: We indeed were. I don't, uh, remember, remember, don't remember. And I would point out that it. this restaurant, your second best restaurant <sighs> in New York, embodies a lot of the characteristics that not 10 minutes ago you were just complaining about often apply to restaurants on these lists.
1: I, don't, I What was I complaining about? Snob was, factor. Snob factor. I wasn't. I wasn't complaining about. It. I was saying. Uh, what was I? I was complaining about was how these lists High made made all, of made all these restaurants the same kind of place. And La Bernad is really not one of those places. It's. It's not. There isn't this sort of jerry-rigged fifty-course tasting menu. Uh, there, well, there is. there is. There isn't it. this arid international clientele. Uh, they're still doing what they have always done. Now you could argue that they. What happens to these restaurants is they they feel. Um, in these this change, These changing times They have to keep up With the They have to appeal To, to the Not just their regulars Who are in you know Often cases 85 years old But to a, a Newer generation of diners So they keep changing What they're doing I would say You, you know I would say That LaBerna has, has LaBerna has really Struck that Balance Better than Than really Any of the Old guard restaurants That are still Left in the city Alright They also rank
0: Very highly On that world's 50 best list Fine
1: There's a reason for that, even though those lists are stupid.
0: (laughs) All right. Number three. All right, number three. Here's
1: another one. It's another one everybody always picks. But you know what? You put a gun to my head, so I'm just going to pick what everybody picks. Here we go. So this restaurant is one that I know is near and dear to your heart. Um, It's been around for a while. It's owned by Danny Meyer for a time. He probably wisely dumped it when he decided to open his lucrative uh, hamburger chain. Uh, and that, the number three restaurant I would say on in my, in my list is 11 Madison Park. 11 Madison Park, it's very consciously the uh, new millennial version of what La Bernadette is to the old century. They have one tasting menu, it changes quite a lot. Uh, they have a massive, huge staff. But may- basically, they have uh, this sh- uh, their chef, Daniel Hum. Daniel Hum is Swiss? I think it's hum. Is it Hum? I think it's Hum. Daniel Hum? Anyway, so so miss you, hum. Yeah. Daniel Hum, you know, great chefs are like great athletes. They really have eight, nine years of real cooking greatness
0: in them. Here we go. I think. Here we I mean, go. It,
1: it varies.
0: I've heard this argument before. It
1: varies, but they you know, they real they have a sweet spot. And I think home or um is of of any cook you good name in town, he's he's the one who is uh, the most sort of dead center in his sweet spot right now. In the zone. He, he's in the zone. He does does all these interesting he's, he's things. He's in Clayton Kershaw moment. He's Clayton Kershaw. And if you have the money to watch Clayton Kershaw pitch, why not spend it? And he's doing it at that restaurant. He's not doing it anywhere else. Just give me an example. He, he's doing it right now. What's he doing? He, he does forward-thinking cooking with, with insane classical technique. Uh, the dish I've often talked about, and I think you still get it. You, oddly, you still get it if you... Go go there. A nice nice place to go is to go to the bar there, uh, where you can order. You can attempt to order à la carte. They have a very nice bar. You can attempt to order à la carte. And the last time I went to went there, I, w- I went went to the bar, and he has this uh, roast duck dish that he does. The duck is cooked whole, and it's lacquered with honey and God knows yes. what, and actual lavender, right? The Little flowers. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. It's like lavender on it. And anyway, so you go. Sprigs of lavender sticking out of its disappeared neck, you know. So you're sitting at the bar and you ask for the duck and this thing appears. And it's just crackly and it's, it's, it's like a modern version of Peking duck. It's just cr- cr- crackly and delicious. What else does he do? You have a sort of caviar, but done in a, in a, in a smoked fish, New York kind of way.
0: All right. So, so far we have three very high-end luxurious places, the kinds of places that are often on these lists. Number four. What's number four? Number
1: four. Actually, we just did a podcast from number four. Number four is a Japanese omakase restaurant called Shuko. Shuko. Shuko is a new-ish, last two or three years, young chefs who apprenticed under... Masatakiyama, Yama, the great L.A. by way of Tokyo sushi god, and Shuko is the—I don't know if it's on the best 50 best restaurant list, but it's—it's it's my favorite um, Japanese omakase sushi restaurant. And it's again, you—you you know, you—you you need a benefactor to go there because it's not cheap. Um, but what you get there is not only do you get first-class sushi, but you get larded into this omakase meal, this classic sushi omakase. You get uh, non-sushi dishes, roast squab. Uh, They have the famous uh, apple pie from the Union Square Market, which is right... the, the The apples are bought from the Union Square Market right next door, which they lard with white miso, which is very delicious. They use a lot of fresh vegetables, which they pickle in all sorts of insane ways, and, and this is all filtered through the, 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 the classic omakase dinner. So it's sort of a, it's a fun, um, elegant, slightly different take on this uh, classic, quite stuffy style of eating. All right. And I put it at number
0: four. Number four. So I have noticed the theme here, a recurring theme.
1: Besides, like, really expensive restaurants?
0: Is that it costs at least $500 per person to go to the restaurants that you have named right now. All right, now. so let's, let's... Maybe not Bernardin, Maybe well, is no. a little less, because well, you can no. get out of there for a little less, but...
1: Yeah, Le yeah.
0: But they are all extravagantly time. expensive.
1: Yeah. What are you saying?
0: I'm saying,
1: you know... Do I look like a cheap eats uh, critic to you? Not what necessarily, like?
0: but there's... there's cheap, and then there's... What do I look like? You know, just relatively All affordable. Right,
1: so, so we'll give you number five. Uh, yeah, and the people are going to go nuts about number five, go. too. going
0: to be another super high-end no, tasting that, temple.
1: No, no. Number five is a different kind of restaurant, but one could argue, especially a Brooklyn snob like yourself, that it's passe, that it's over, you know, we're over this kind of food. Here we go. This is, you know, we're over the, the, the you know, barbed wire, bushwick, Compounds with you know, growing b- b- carrot sprouts, and you know, chefs with tattoos and clogs, and you know, we're, we're over all that stuff. But I'm not over it. You're not over it, and I'm saying, if you want one place that where you can experience the fruits of the great uh, New York, aka Brooklyn, aka comfort food. Uh, A.K.A. Kitchen Slave, Chef Culture Revolution. Uh, I would say go to Roberta's in, in Bushwick. So I put Roberta's in Bushwick number five. Number five. Roberta's in Bushwick is how long? When did it open? About ten years ago. It started as a simple pizza place. Over the years, uh, it, it literally is a compound in in, in in Bushwick amongst amongst a bunch of truck depots. Um, over the years, I think, especially for people who actually live in Bushwick and Brooklyn, it's 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 become sort of a. Uh, I think they gar- regard it as a as a theme park for Brooklyn dining. Um, but there's a uh, the great chef is still there, Carlo Maracci, who's a founder. He started it, right? He's still there. So at Roberta's, you have very good pizza. You have very good mid-range, two-star uh, Italian, mostly Italian. Menu, which they also serve at lunch. Uh, The last time I went there for lunch, we had a—it was some kind of pork face guanciale ragu, just like there, just like just there, just there. So it represents this classic, this great two-star dining revolution that we're in the midst of. And there's also a first-class tasting room if you want one of those top fifty things. Uh, There's a first-class tasting room, which if you want to drop four hundred dollars. Uh, on a given night. There's a taste room called Blanca where you can go and mm, have a 30-course whatever while uh, listening to Joni Mitchell on the, you know, recently refurbished Victrola. So so it's all it's all there. And also, um, I think recently um, some big investor took a piece of Roberta's. I forget who. Maybe the Tisch family. They took a, they took a piece of Roberta's, and so now the worry is that they're going to sell out. They'll sell it'll out. There'll be fifty thousand Robertas all over the land, and there'll be a Robertas in uh, you, know, you know Parsippany, New Jersey, or whatever. So maybe that'll happen. Maybe it won't happen. But if it does happen, let's just again give a little Manhattan tip of the cap to this seminal outer borough dining spot. There
0: you go. There so you go. Here's my top five. Let's recap. Yep. Top five. Yep. Blue Hill Stone Barns. Yep. La Den, Perfect. 11 Madison Park. Yeah. Shuko. And Roberta's.
1: Yeah. Roberta's.
0: All right. Here's what's most interesting to me. Okay. You were talking about Roberta's. Yep. The place where it costs 20 or so dollars for an entree at most. You can get pizza. You can get all sorts of things. Yep. I think your most kind of lucid food description was the guanciale that you had Uh, there. but, But it may not even be guanciale. And but, like, you, you know, get, but the point is, yeah. I think that it, it it embodies something. You know, it's like you said, they're not making any more Laberna dens. No, they're not really making any more Love Madison Park. No, they're not, they're not really making any more La- Robertas either. The Amount of money that it takes and the amount of time to run one of those places, we all know that. We all know that is insane. We all know that all people know don't that. appreciate it. You have all these weird trappings when you go. You know, you go to Laberna den. You were nice enough to take me very recently. It Helps to have a benefactor. I wouldn't want to pay that myself to eat fancy seafood but you stand up you you know you go to the restroom you come back they have folded your napkin for you every time these meals last like four hours so you it's take, like you take six a, napkins you didn't
1: even have to ask for it you take a little thing of butter for your roll you look up that has been replaced with a brand new butter yeah. plate that's not nothing my friend that's you're, you're not seeing that in five years
0: but okay? do you think that's necessary
1: yes you once do. in a while, no, but it's something. It's it's a you know, don't fight it, don't fight it, don't fight. Where are you going to get? Or say you like seafood. The other thing about Le has, it's the specialty is seafood. In another five, ten years, there won't be any seafood. Tip so your go cap now while you still can. T- yeah, tip your cap, my friend. That's that's really what this list is about for me. It's like these are places
0: that.
1: You know, a couple of, you know, there's, there's some places that I enjoy. I would list as the best new restaurant, maybe one. Yeah, I don't. But is yeah. that
0: the place you're going? Say it's Thursday night. You want a great restaurant experience. Where are you going? You're going to La Den? You're going to Love and Park? Well, no. It's a Thursday night? If it's Thursday night? I mean, this is what...
1: I get asked this question all the time, okay? I get asked this question all the time. Yeah. And my answer to this question, really for the last four or five years, has been, if you live in New York... And you want to go to the best restaurant, wh- where's the best restaurant to go? What I tell people. The but, best. No, no, what necessarily. I, wh- where should I go? But well, what I tell them is what's your favorite restaurant in your neighborhood? Go there. Because we don't live in the era really of destination restaurants anymore, not in New York, for a lot of different reasons. One, the destination restaurants are closing up. Two, there are many more restaurants to choose from. The restaurants in your neighborhood are better than they've ever been before. So just go in your neighborhood. I'm not going to. We're at a restaurant called Estella right here. Where you happen to doing this this, uh, podcast in Estella. Estella is one of your darling restaurants. Perfectly good. Um, Obama ate here for some reason. It's been an internet darling for years. Well, let's, talk let's talk about this. We and you know, the fact is, this is just, Estella is a nice neighborhood restaurant. It's not a destination restaurant. If my grandmother came into town and said, Adam, where should I go? I would not tell her to go to Estella. Well, maybe not your grandmother. If my father, I would not tell him to go to Estella. My brother, maybe I'd tell him to go to Estella. But I say go at brunch where when it's not a freaking chaotic place. And by the way, it's really a bar that serves pretty good food. So... The grand destination stuff is over unless you are um, you're traveling the globe and you arrive and you and that's what really these restaurants, these lists are built for now. It's for people who are who are coming from out of town and want one place to go. But why is your list with those places? Because I'm just a fuddy-duddy critic and, you know, I don't like lists, so I just really put together quite a cliched list. We live in this golden age of places. You know, you, you know, there's all sorts of choices. But the absolute top five best restaurant list, it's absurd
0: in this day and age. There's a case to be made for the fact that what you really want is a restaurant that's going to offer. You know, I think you could, you could say that the restaurants on your list, which are all great restaurants. I don't mean to take anything away from them. It's very easy to uh, be very comfortable and have a fantastic experience at those places if you have the resources but they're not traditional restaurants in the sense that you're just going with the exception of Roberta's it's not a place where you can just go have dinner you know it's it's you plan months in advance you make a reservation you're gonna have to spend five hours at least what you would spend on rent to have dinner there and it's gonna be more of a theater experience it's it's more like going to Broadway than having dinner so is it even like a traditional restaurant in that sense?
1: That's a that's a really good question.
0: Or is something? Why don't like we do another
1: podcast on on that? Let's do. let talk. We can talk about this forever. <laughs> you asked for my list. You got my list. What's next? Let's move on. Let's go to a hamburger joint.
0: So, that's it for us. Our thanks, as always, to Panoply, Andy Bowers, Laura Mayer, and our bold, fearless producer who is always here with us week in and week out. Sam Dingman Uh, thanks so much for listening we'll be back in a couple weeks with another episode thank you thank you